Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Tampa Bay Cop Talk, leading up to Liverpool and Manchester United at the weekend. I'm Darius. I'm David. I'm Andrew. I'm BJ. That's BJ joining us, the bearded wonder, the luscious locks coming in and joining (laughs) us on the podcast. First time we've had you on since, what's it been, since September? October going way back. Yeah, I think September was the last time me and Andrew did that podcast. Yep. Well, you're filling in for the uh, birthday boy, Jordan, tonight. It is his birthday, so uh, he is having lots of fun eating uh, probably too much cake, so that's why he can't. Dirty 30, man. Dirty 34. (laughs) Just turned 30, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're hoping it's going to be a party on Sunday. Um, As you can see, New World Brewery is where the podcast guys are going to be. Uh, We are going to be hosting a little gathering, safe gathering, safe event. But if you do come on out, please wear your mask. And be ready to cheer on the Reds as they take on the big rivals in Manchester United. It's a clash at the top of the table, guys. So we don't really need to go too far into uh, trying to contrive or what's this big Manchester United-Liverpool rivalry. We all know what it is. We know what the implications are. Liverpool go in second, three points behind Manchester United after they win their game in midweek to go to the top of the table. First time this late into the season, by the way, that they are top since the Ferguson era. So the United fans, they're a little happy right now. So as we go into this game, David, I'll start with you. United, they're top. Do they deserve to be so gassed up and so excited? Is this finally only at the wheel? They're back. Do we give a shit? <laughs> um, kind of. You know, it's like when it's like when the old days, like before VAR, and you'd be like, was it a penalty? Be like, well, the ref said it was a penalty, so it's a penalty. Well, I mean, they're top, so they're important. (laughs) (laughs) I still think they're bullshit, and I think they're going to collapse at some point. I think I'm sorry. Did you watch that game yesterday? I looked at Harry Maguire, and I was like, how many pies did that guy eat over the holiday season? Like, oh my god. His chin is just the dude looks so fat. <laughs> this is I'm like that's an elite athlete, my ass. But no, I mean, yeah, you do have to be worried about him, of course. And then, like, this is a big game, it's a rivalry game. Um, I don't want to lose. I just really don't want to lose. Like, <laughs> we gotta win this. This is a if you know you hear all the time, like, oh, it's a must-win game, and most of the time when you hear that, it's really not. But this feels like. Yeah, it's a must-win game. It's it's them. They're on top. They're riding high. It would nothing would feel better than to fucking bring them back down to earth and remind them who the champions are. So yeah, that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. Well, the United fans, exactly. they got plenty of hope. We're gonna go with VJ on this real quick. VJ, United. Are you feeling like they're a threat? Do you do you do you feel the big vibes, big t- big game vibes going into this one? Yeah, I'm feeling the big game vibes. Uh, let me just start off by saying I hate those idiots. I'm just saying. I, just, <laughs> I, I think we all do. We have to start with that. But I'm actually feeling quite confident that we will beat them, and you know, they're gonna get their asses handed to them. But uh, yeah, there is a little bit of you know that tingling feeling where you know. What if the ref fucks up or something might go wrong? But all when, in all, not I, if. <laughs> <laughs> it's when and what part of the pitch is that's coming. Yeah. Well, no, I'm the way I'm looking at it is just bang in four goals, and even if the ref gives away two penalties, we'll still win the game. Yeah, 
I, we need like two world class strikes because they're gonna pull out the VAR, fuck us in slow mo at some point. So just, we need a lot of goals. <laughs> I want heavy metal. Sandy, football. I see you getting into the brewskis. How you feeling, brother? Dude, he's back. Anxious <laughs> Andy is back. It, it, you know, listen. <laughs> I've been riding high these last few weeks. I was just like, you know what? It was like kind of like I was in denial. Ever since we beat Spurs, he's been yeah. Like I've been in denial since Spurs. I'm like, yeah, we're fine. You know, okay, we slipped against full and we slipped against it's the West football Brown. gods coming back at you for calling yeah, the small you know, we're, you know, That's blah, what happened. Blah, blah. We're man, this and that. No, I've been in denial. It's like I, 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 I need to go back to a 12 step program. I need to call my therapist back. In fact, I'm gonna see you tomorrow morning. So, you know, um. It's a thing. I'm very worried because I'm more worried about us in terms of, I think that, you know, if Ollie's smart, he's not going to go at us. He's not going to uh, go toe to toe with us. I don't think they're, they're capable of doing that. Um, So I think he, you know, he may, you know, uh, the proverbial park, the bus. And um, I'm just worried that we won't, we won't be firing on all cylinders and, and it, and what I'm most worried about from a, you know, uh, from an entertainment perspective is like, I guess I would take a draw, but I don't want to nil-nil like they had with City a few weeks ago where that was just a dreadful game. It was just hard to watch, right? So for me, um, obviously, number one, I want good, good, some, you know, some goals, obviously. But yeah, as David pointed out, like, yeah, we can't lose this game. Because, um, you know, pre, pre-recording, pre we were talking about, David mentioned, um, which was a good point, the next 10 games. And I remember looking, we got we got United, we have Tottenham, not in any order, Tottenham, Leicester, Everton, uh, Chelsea, uh, and City over the next 10 games until the middle of March. So for me, you know, those, those are six big boys, right, um, out of 10. So, you know, now, the only thing that gives me kind of comfort is that before Spurs, we had this little, like, kind of a little blip, like the game before, if I'm, if I'm correct. And then we came out with, like, proper anger, you know. Um, you could see that in the, in the, and how the boys, on the, and the boys played. And then we, you know, we put Spurs in their place. So I'm hoping that uh, Klopp gets the boys uh, upset, you know, and uh, they put it out on the pitch because, like, I've been saying all year. They got to have that Michael Jordan mentality and then we'll be fine. If they have that mentality, we're fine. But for right now, I'm freaking out. It's rare that this team hasn't shown up for a big game, like a big opponent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know what the thing is, you know, given our injuries and so on, like we, without our injuries, we're far and away miles ahead of most teams. If not all league is totally different. If Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So like, the fact that they're they're above us, right, by three points or whatever, they, you know, our, our players should be angry and just say, no, 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 that's our fucking spot. What, bitch, what? You know what? You, you just brought up a good you point, I mean? though. Like, because it's this season, like, yeah, they're on top, but is it because they're that good or is it just because yeah. they've had a nice run in the beginning? Well, okay, so as far as everybody else has just been are. like – it's pretty obvious. This is not the same kind of season as what we had the last three years, where it was two dynamic, dominant teams at the top. Last this this year, this year's team and for United and last year's team for United. Last year's team, I actually want to say they had more points at this point in the season for for United. 
So it, it's, yeah. this is so far off of the pace of what it had been the last few years. Yeah. Basically, United have kept up what they have been doing the last few years. And obviously, Liverpool have fallen off with the injuries. City, with the injuries, a little bit of cohesion. COVID as well has hit City. Chelsea, they've got a bunch of new players who haven't started to gel yet. Leicester, a eh, little down. Well, but the, the thing Everyone that's else has kind though, of fallen off. The thing that's different, though, is that I, I feel the thing that could change it. Well, there's two things. Number one. The, it's the it's the obvious it's the Europa League right so hold on what I'm saying is if United for example let's assume they play well in the Premier League and they're still on top they're still within touching distance the Europa League is going to sidetrack that because we all know this like cliche of you know Thursday to Sunday is not working it doesn't work for the Premier League right either they're one or two things either they write that off toss that off completely and all these just focus on the league right there's that but the second thing for me is look at last year Last year, I don't. United brought in Bruno Fernandez, right? Before they brought in Bruno Fernandez, Ali was out of job. That's that was the narrative, right? Bruno comes in, they go on this winning run, and blah blah blah. They make this and that. Obviously, they they go into the Champions League, right? He saves his job, which us as you know United haters were like, hell yeah, <laughs> keep Ali in the job, right? So my worry is that United is going to spend some money before the transfer window closes and gets and get another player that maybe it doesn't even have to be a Fernando type in terms of, or a Bruno, a Bruno type in terms of uh, the impact. But if he can make, if the new player hypothetical player makes half an impact, you know, that could potentially, because again, this is professional sports. You know, we're talking about thin margins mm-hmm. here that could, you know, put them over the edge considering that I feel, and I think we've talked about this before, I'm of the of the you know the camp of we ain't spending no money, we don't got no money, we're not spending no money. It's a fugazi, money's not real, we don't got it. It's just the way of the world. This is not football. This is not PlayStation. It is what it is. Henry, he's not gonna spend the money. Just I don't. It just makes me sad. But that that's my other worry outside of this game going forward for the rest of the season. But um, I mean yes, they're serious. Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was saying I'm not worried about if, you know, they will find someone who can, you know, have even have the impact of Fernandez. They might, I might be wrong, but if you look at where they can improve or where they actually need players, they, they're just like us. They need a central defender. They probably need, um, you know, a defensive midfielder. Two players, which I, I think those two positions, I don't think might not. A quality player. They're really tough to fill. Is, is really tough to get in, in a January window, you know? Yeah. So let's kind of look at what United are this season. Like, let's let's kind of dive into them a little bit. So to the point of their last few games, where you go back to that City game, which was a boring nil-nil game, it's not exactly like they're playing teams off the park. You do have a couple of games recently, the last couple of wins, where Paul Pogba hits a deflected, very nice strike, but it was it was deflected. Goes through the legs of the goalie for the win. In the last one, in the previous one, but before that, Marcus Rashford has a deflected goal. So you can say fortune, but they were still playing well. They deserve oh, no. can all three we points t- in both of those. Can so, we also we- talk about him kicking his own calf and getting a penalty? Can we also talk about that? <laughs> like, yeah. We can go into the penalty thing, but I think that's going to be its own topic when we get to uh, United and penalties. But just for the way that they have been playing. While Bruno Fernandes has unquestionably been the most impactful player for them going forward, 
they're still not all firing at, at the rate that we would expect. When you look at Martial, who, by the way, might hurt and out of this game, uh, when you look at what you expect out of Paul Pogba, Marcus Rashford, you're still not seeing a team that's scoring two and three goals with ease. It's still a team that needs a late set piece, that needs a little bit of luck. But surprisingly enough, they haven't been shipping in goals uh, with regularity either. So I think there might be some uh, truth to what you're saying about Ole uh, being a little bit more conservative and shutting things down. Uh, but David, when you think of what this United team are, are you expecting them to be a team that's going to be conservative? Or do you think they're going to come at it thinking this is a free hit and we're going to go after it at Anfield? I half expect them to, you know, try to be Manchester United, right? Like play Manchester United football. I don't think that they're going to come in, sit back and go, oh, we got to counter and be tactical. This is a team that's still giving up 24 goals and, you know, they're giving up more than a goal a game. Um, <clears throat> I think they'll go for it a little bit. They'll play us a little bit more straight up, which will favor ultimately, I think, us because uh, we'll be able to counterattack. It'll be what about – the game will be one in midfield like most games are. But I think uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because I, I just can't see them totally sitting back and playing like – Mourinho type we remember when Mourinho was there he would come there and he would just try to sit on the game and maybe break here and there I, I don't I don't think they're going to do that they, they, I think they believe that they're going to need at least one or two goals to get a result like they might believe they can pull out a 1-1 if they can get a second that they that they can win it and that's fair to them like that would that's what I would think too but at the same time like are you going to do that just by sitting no, you're not going to get two for sure. And you, you know, you, if you if you're them, you're thinking we go there, we win, you leave six points up on the champions. Like you got yourself a little bit of room so that you know the Thursday Sunday thing doesn't kill you as bad. You know, you've got a little bit of cushion to like kick on throughout the season, and you've also just ended their Anfield run. Like if this is if you're them, right? You're For them. us, and it would be soul crushing. Like you know, in a way, to not. I mean, I shouldn't say soul crushing, but it would be very difficult to deal with if they came in our house, beat us, left six points up, and our. You know, it it would just feel like everything that we've built has been damaged severely. I think it's more important for us. You're making than me so nervous, them. David. And you know what? But it <laughs> I is, think that's a fair point, though. It's more, David, point, that it's, is it's more important. important than us yes. or for us than it is for them. Like for them, it's a free hit. Because if they mm -hmm. come in and lose, everybody's like, well, yeah, you know, like and it's Anfield. They're impossible. United. They're still going to get the credit of being in a rebuilding phase. Right. Exactly. Whereas we're the champions. The expectations mm -hmm. are there. We haven't lost at Anfield in ages. So, and like, you know that the broadcasters will just be all over them if they go in there and win. They've got nothing to lose. Yep. Nothing to lose. We have everything to lose. So it's it's an interesting game for us in that sense. There's a lot of pressure on. Now, as far as the style of play, do you guys know how many goals United have scored against Liverpool in the four games over the last two years? Nine, eight, Two. two goals. Yeah, I was like, I'm trying to. United have like, scored yeah. two goals against Liverpool in the last couple of seasons, in the last four games. So you had one goal going back to the three-one at Anfield. Yep. And you had nil-nil going back to United. Coming back next season, one-one at United, and then at Anfield, two-nil. So United haven't exactly played open football against the Reds in recent times. And I don't, VJ, I don't see it. Or actually, I'll come to you on it, then, Andrew. Uh, do you think that? 
they might smell a little blood in the water just because of where oh, the two teams no, are in no the league way, and the no, injuries. No way. Because Ali Ali's shown that in the big games, uh, Pogba's not starting. There's I, I don't really. I mean, I'll go on a limb and say this. And if I'm After proven the wrong winter, on Sunday, that was a beautiful volley. No, no, no. If I'm proven wrong on Sunday, that's fine. I mean, maybe, maybe there's some change in the relationship or whatever, you know, given the fact that early in the season he said some shit with it, you know, his agent and blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, before that big game in the yeah, both him and Mo are going to Real Madrid, right? Nice. Yeah, apparently, yeah. So, but for me, he, he doesn't start Pogba typically in the big matches. So for me, he's going to start McTominay and Fred, two more defensive midfielders. Um, and that's what, and then obviously Bruno in the ten. Um, and then we'll see if if Martial's fit and all that stuff. So that's why for me, it's like it's a bit more conservative. I'm not maybe maybe I I spoke too soon when I said park the bus, but maybe they will come up come at it a bit more conservative and maybe grow into the game depending on you know what happens but and that's why it'll be interesting so interesting to see what we do from a a center back perspective um we have talked about this in our whatsapp we'll get to that yeah yeah Yeah. we'll get to that but (laughs) that that it's basically if there's one thing i'm not worried about is the tactical prowess of ali gunna solskjaer that's not what i'm worried about You That's think not what I'm worried about. Reverse psychology, though, like the whole because, like Darius said, do they smell blood in the water? Well, you'd think so, right? And we like this will be the time for it if they're going to go after. Yeah. It. But then he might go, yeah, but they've had nine days to prepare for this game. Like they've been, you know, they did just have a good result in the FA Cup, even though it was against a bunch of diaper, you know, a bunch yeah. of kids in diapers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jones suspended. Is he fit? Who? Edison Cavani is easy available for them. Cavani is, uh, yeah. he was suspended. suspended yeah, and right? I don't think that's been rescinded. No. Okay. Yeah. And that's what he wasn't my concern anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, but the-, <laughs> the reason I asked was, uh, I, I agree with Andrew in the sense that he will play Fred McTominay, but I do think he'll play Pogba and Fernandez both. And I think he'll play a 4-4-2 diamond if Martial's fit. I think he'll just leave Martial and Rashford up top and play a diamond in midfield. That's what Ooh. I think. Oh, to go at our center backs? That'd be interesting. But again, that again obviously plays into our hand because, uh, you know, Pogba is, uh, can be asked about doing defensive stuff. He just wants to go up and do the forward. Fred's pretty average in, you know, trying to initiate attacks from the back. Right. They're going to concede chances to us. I agree. Yeah. And it's yeah. just about whether Mo and, and Mane and Bobby can put him back in the net. And, and that's what worries me is that. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know. Next question. I think. And by, right, and by okay. the way, uh, for Cavani, uh, the last game that he had to sit out was against Burnley. So he uh, is eligible to play oh. against Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, way, uh, I, I think they, really gave, they gave him a little bit of time, sir, because it was officially a three-match ban, and I'm not sure if that included the FA Cup or not. But uh, yeah, Cavani he is potential, and uh, when you when you look at the the lineup they might have, I mean, you could see Rashford, you could see Cavani, you could see Greenwood. There's a number of ways that they could potentially go with it. But from now a Liverpool standpoint, how do you defend this United team? So when we look at the center back situation, I think we're all sitting here. Fingers crossed that Joel Matip is going to be available for Please Sunday's God. game, but it's very doubtful at this point. He has it not. Look good. This is Wednesday. If he doesn't train tomorrow. He has not trained, so tomorrow is basically his last chance to be able yeah. to. If he doesn't get train in tomorrow, it's training not sessions. Yes, so he would need to. If it's not Matip, obviously you're going to have Fabinho. Who partners with Fabinho? 
Well, he, he's he's over there up and running, so uh, keep the, the creative juices going. Andrew, what like, do you want to see at center back, some my squats guy? And, and tell us what you think. <laughs> what do you want to see that, at the back? That, that's what worries me um, because, you know, we had Hendo in the other game, right? And, you know, we, we had this chat, I think, in the WhatsApp group. It's like, hey, is he doing Hendo right now as like, you know, uh, as a preparation a, a proof of concept for United? Is that yeah. is that the idea here? Didn't go well. Um, against Southampton it was okay I don't think it went well right so not that it was terrible but it's just that that's the most concerning thing to me and part of me thinks like so if for example if United parks the bus for example then Henderson playing there is not a bad idea because if they they've parked the bus then we need that creative outlet from this from central or from this you know the defensive position to where you know he can ping a pass he can ping a a 30-yard pass and you you lose that with the kids they're not as good on the ball yeah, for example, Phillips is not neither. Maybe Williams can, but he's just not doing it. Confident? Who cares? It doesn't matter. But so maybe you know, maybe that's why he goes there. But if if it's a quote unquote a normal game where it's not, if, you know, United goes out for us, I think Nate Phillips does a job, and I think that, and I think or or Williams because I think that they can. That this is that moment. This is that kind of like Trent moment where. Remember when Trent was put into the team, you know, he had that mistake against, um, I think, Martial or Rashford at Old Trafford, right? But then after that, he came into his own and he is what he is today, right? So, you know, this is that big opportunity, right? You know, and big big players coming in big moments. So, and careers are made in, in, in big opportunities. So for me, from like a Hollywood story perspective, like I would love it if Phillips comes in and he just bosses it and just, you know, and then he has uh, Rashford in his pocket and memes go everywhere and we're all celebrating because Rashford is shit and Phillips is amazing. You know, like, oh, it would be fantastic, right? So I don't know what will happen, but I have to, like, trust in Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> I have to. And that and that's really it. All right. Well, VJ, yeah. uh, we've had yeah, you kind of jumping in and off, but you're back. You're back. We got you. So, VJ, uh, let's look at your perspective for this match coming up. Who do you want to see at center back pairing with Fabinho? So, definitely not Henderson, right? Uh, if Matt of his said, obviously Matt, but uh, I would actually agree with Andrew and say Nat Phillips. The only reason I'm not saying Reese Williams is. I think he might be a bit low on confidence right now. Uh, you know, he did let, uh, you know, Louis Barry in to score that goal. You know, it was his header from the corner from which we went from West Brom scored from the corner. So, you know, he might be a little bit low on confidence and Klopp might want to protect him. Nat Phillips, on the other hand, uh, has played a couple of games. He's looked good, uh, you know. So I would go with Nat Phillips for that reason alone, but... I mean, I wouldn't be worried if he plays Reese Williams because I think the lad's good enough to get his confidence up and play a good game for us. He obviously did a fantastic job against Tottenham that day. So I wouldn't mind, but I would go with Ned Phillips, yeah. Well, we haven't seen Phillips in, in a good minute, David. I think it's been two or three yeah. weeks now that uh, it's been either Reese Williams or, or Henderson and then Matip made his brief re-entry and then he's back out. So what are you expecting are you thinking it's going to be phillips is that the way to go because i know you are pretty uh, high on the kid at least compared to him and uh reese and of course henderson well I, I do like 
I honestly think he's going to do Henderson. I think that, oh. like I said before, I think the Southampton thing was a proof of concept. Uh, it was, or it was like a try, let's try to get this going so that we have it ready in time for United kind of thing. Um, I think it'll be a mistake if he does. I personally do hope that he goes with Nat Phillips. Um, so for me, like when Matt Phillips or Nat Phillips has played, what he played in the Derby in the FA Cup last year was brilliant. Klopp said so. Brilliant. He comes into that West Ham game, was his first appearance this year. Klopp right. leaves the game talking about how brilliant he was. He goes to Brighton, right? Now, the only goal we give up is on this bogus penalty at the very end, in which VAR got involved when it didn't need to get involved. But prior to that, no one was looking for a penalty. And wait, Robbo might have. Oh, let's look t- at it oh he he picked his toenails clean whoops so like you know what i mean like nat phillips was very good in that game as well and so to me like he's had three now newcastle he had one big mistake but it didn't cost us because he was able to slow the guy down enough for for Binho to catch up so we, that's four that's four games i mean because we kept a clean sheet there still so all in all to me nat phillips has been pretty good when he's played what hasn't been good is our midfield when Jordan Henderson isn't in it. And that's been going on for two plus seasons now. Right. I'll give you some, um, I, I looked this up earlier because I got Uh-oh. thinking about Homework. this. <laughs> so uh, planet football did a stat run last July. This was at the end of last season. What, what is our records with Henderson starting and without, without him? And this is just like with him in the lineup or not, but, Obviously, the caveat here is they're examining him in midfield because we never needed him at center back prior to now. With Henderson starting, 65 games over the last two seasons, 48 wins, 11 draws, six defeats. That's uh, points per game, 2.38. Goals per game, 1.98. Goals against, 0.7. Without Henderson starting, 43 games, 29 wins, five draws, nine defeats. Points per game, 2.13. Goals per game, 2.2. Goals against, 1.18. So we score less, we give up more goals, and we don't, we're not quite as effective. And I think we've all seen it. Like We've all looked at the games where Jordan Henderson hasn't been in midfield and gone, this just isn't working. Like Something's missing. And it's that drive. I think in this game, we're going to need that drive. I love Tiago. He's a brilliant footballer. You know, like I, I get why everyone is so high on him because technically as terms of technical proficiency, the man's a genius and I want to see more of him, but I want to see him, Wijnaldum and Henderson together because that three in midfield can do some damage. And I really think support Mo Salah, Bobby Firmino and Saudi Mounty the way that they need to be supported. I get that we need a ball playing center back out of the back. I get the benefits of it, but at the same right. time, I think Nat Phillips can do enough of a job. He's just doing a job. I know it's not, you can't expect him to be Virgil van Dyke, but can the guy do a job where he can shut down opposing players? Yes. And to Andrew's point, he's at this stage in his career where he's looking for that moment, that make or break. What's going to, what's my future look like? He's 23 years old. For him, the future is starting to come together. For Reese Williams, the future is like, right, right. it's a, it's anything yeah. he wants it to be. Still, yeah, he's that, a child. He's yeah. A- <laughs> yeah. So Phillips for this game, if he were to perform well, you know, he he's writing his own paycheck, so to speak. And, and or, even if it doesn't if we end up being from us long term, yeah, it, right. it gets mm-hmm. him out exactly. there as being somebody that can play in the Premier League. So maybe he ends up at Newcastle next year, and it becomes this 
a, yeah, a yeah. solid player for them. And that would be great exactly. for his career. And, but for Reese Williams, I mean, the kid's 19, like if he goes in and he, we win, it's not necessarily going to shape his career. If we go in and we lose, it's not necessarily going to shape his career. Cause either way, he's still a child. So I just think for Nat Phillips has a little bit more on the line and I almost kind of trust that a little bit in these situations. That like, motivation. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think he is a good player. I don't think he's what we want out of a center back in our system typically, but can he do a job? Yeah. yeah. You got all these people saying like, Oh, get someone in on loan. Well, what's the difference between getting Stephen Cocker in on loan? Like we did a couple of years ago or what was <laughs> not, more than a couple now, but you know, think about it. Like, what's the difference between that and then just giving Nat Phillips an honest go? Right. I don't see the and difference. Then, and then you got to remember too. We I think we talked about this last uh, for Southampton is like, you know, it's no coincidence that Jordan was at his side and and Trent and Salah or Trent and Salah both didn't perform well on that right hand side. Yeah. So well, yeah, no, without, a lot of without our, Henderson. Well, yeah. Just to your point, without Henderson on the right, you don't see Trent going as forward. You don't see him being as adventurous. He plays a little bit more within himself. And that probably can contribute to why he's been struggling as much as Trent has this season. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, you just have to look at the numbers in terms of his assist to know that a lot of our creativity comes from the fullback area. So, mm -hmm. you know, if Trent is playing – like, that was my, you know, worry would, – would would, when I would get worried is if, like, one of our fullbacks had a bad game, it would seem like the whole team would have a bad game. And that's, yeah. that's what I'm worried about here. Um but at the end of the day, look, I'm looking for Salada score a goal, take off his shirt, and Allison to run the whole length of the field. That's what I want. I think that's what everyone wants. I, that's what the world wants, and that's what I'm hoping. You know but what I'm, I'm looking for that that's not going to happen. What you looking for, David? No, this is the game, Trent. Come, it, it, all the shit comes, comes to life. Yeah, yeah, score like all the rust, anything. It's not he might just get like two assists or something, and you think like, well, that's what he does. But like, it's yeah. for him. This could be the game that like yeah. gets him back on track. Yeah. Because well, if you perform big in this game, nothing that happened previously this season even matters. Right. Right. <laughs> All for so, yeah. yeah. Let's let's see how it looks. Um, we'll go through and pick the rest of the team. Really, just the midfield because we know what the front three is going to be. But first, uh, we're going to go to a clip. David put together, just getting you guys ready for the upcoming event at New World Brewing. David, take it away. Hey everybody, David from the Cop Talk crew here. Uh, just wanted to do a little thing about our event coming up this weekend. So um, yeah, I hope everybody can join us. Um, should be a really good time. Uh, you know, obviously the elephant in the room, so to speak, is uh, COVID. So I just wanted to bring up real quick, you know, I, I don't know what we're supposed to do, honestly. Uh, no one else in society is doing anything about this thing, and I just sort of feel like it's never gonna end. It's never gonna get any better. And we can't just stay in our houses forever. Like a lot of us who worked to build what fan culture we have here in the Tampa Bay area for Liverpool, you know, are worried about its long-term health. Uh, if this continues on and you know we're just not been able to get together we're not been able to do fun things for a while and so we want to try to do something but we also obviously recognize the need to be COVID responsible um, so I just ask that you know if you come this Sunday and I hope that you do uh, obviously bring your mask you're gonna need one to get in anyways uh, but once you're in you know try to stay seated uh, New World Brewery 
any venue you go to right now, uh, there's a lot of rules around uh, kind of how you interact with other people. So you're gonna get a table and then try to kind of hang out at your table. Uh, you can celebrate the goals and everything. I just ask that if you're gonna sing, <laughs> I do hope that you sing, I'm gonna be singing, but I'm gonna keep my mask on and then when it's time to sing, just pull it up, up over your nose, all right? Because we don't need to be spraying particulates everywhere as people sing. So please, when you sing, pull your mask up. Um, other than that, you know, obviously you can take it down and drink or eat or do whatever, talk. Um, but I would just encourage you to like, not shake hands, do the elbow taps, you know, just do COVID responsible stuff. And the thing here is, is if we can pull this off and nobody gets anything, we don't, we're not, it doesn't turn into a, a thing, then I think we can prove that you can have COVID sensible gatherings of a certain size. And maybe we can do more things like this in the future. At least that's the hope. So I just want to say, you know, don't, uh, don't think we're just like recklessly doing this. It's obviously a concern, but it's also a concern that, you know, we're not having any opportunities to get together. And this is Liverpool v Manchester United and what be, might be a game that defines our season. I think everybody wants to get together and wants to have that moment. I think it would be good for a lot of us to have that moment. Uh, I just want to do it as safely and responsibly as we possibly can. You know, obviously nothing is 100% safe, but neither is leaving your house on a given day. So uh, <laughs> I just hope you'll join us. I hope you come out, have a good time, cheer on the Reds with us. You know, New World, if you haven't been there, it's a big concert space, like in an old warehouse. It looks really nice. Um, there's going to be a projection screen and it is, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be a good place to watch a game together in this, these conditions. Um, so come on out. Hope you, hope you join us. Cheers. All right. So those are your instructions from David to uh, kind of get you guys ready for this upcoming Sunday. It's going to be a great event. And again, if you guys aren't going to be going in person, you can still donate virtually to the food drive. We really do hope you do, whether you bring canned good, uh, you donate online. It's all going to a great cause, helping the folks in the Tampa area. All right. So link in the description, to, uh, we're going to have a link. How about I put it? Uh, I'll put it right there for right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. VJ, I'm not going to put it down in your box uh, since you, I'm going to have your, uh, your your Twitter handle there, by the way. So social media, promote yourself. All right. So now that we're back to the football talk, where do we leave off? Oh, yeah. Midfield. So Liverpool's midfield for the game against Manchester United. Number of ways you can go. Obviously, Thiago, we are all looking to see if he's at 100%. Gini Wanadam, he's been there all year. Curtis Jones has really popped up and been a very, very instrumental part of this season. You've got Alex Oxley-Chamberlain getting back into fitness. Jordan Henderson. We've even seen at some times Takumi Minamino out there in the midfield. So, what are you guys thinking? Midfield three? Are we uh, kind of going to well, see think, what we would expect out of this midfield? BJ, what are you thinking? Well, I think I think he will go with uh, Wijnaldum, Thiago, and Curtis. But what I really want to see in that midfield is go with Wijnaldum, Thiago, and Jordan Shakiri in there. Just to add that extra bit of pinch creativity, he's been looking really good since, come on, he's raring to go. I think he'll have that extra cutting edge uh, trying to find the final pass for our friend three. 
I like the way you think. I was actually kind of thinking of that during the week, just like, huh, he is another creative That's player a to put out there. A great, a great passer. And you did see, even though it was against the children, <laughs> he looked pretty good in the FA Cup with him and Tiago linking up. Andrew, how would that make you feel, seeing a little bit of, uh, you know, the square cube out there? No, that would make me nervous as fuck. Um, not going to lie. <laughs> lie. That would make me nervous as fuck because – well, what happened? <laughs> what wait? What was the final? Thiago, Thiago, Shakiri, and why not? And Genie. Okay, no, that would make me nervous. That's, that's, no, I think that if you have that, obviously Hendo's in defense, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but so, I would going off the fact that Hendo is going to play in defense. Yeah, it's it's a strong assumption at this point, based yeah, off of what Klopp has done, but. But yeah, so assuming Henderson is in defense, yeah, that's an interesting way to go. And I kind of feel it, BJ. But what do you think about it, Andrew? No, I mean, it would make me nervous as hell. But now Shaq coming off the bench, all about that life. He came off the bench a couple years ago, scored two goals, and, you know, you know, whatever. Um, no, uh, so it's obviously Thiago, assuming he's fit. And I think it's Genie because the man is a machine. And um, assuming Henderson is a center back, then I, I, I think – oh, damn. I, I think it's got to be Curtis Jones. I think it's got to be Curtis because you have that that Scouse X factor. I think he knows what it means. Unless – unless no, but unless Milner is fit because I think because, – because what will happen is you know, you're looking down the game, right? You, you're looking at game management perspective. You can take – for example, Robo, Rob, if Milner's in, you can take Robo off, for example, put Milner in left back and then put on a shack, right? And you still keep in like, you know, a solid foundation, right? So part of me thinks if, if Milner's fit and all that stuff, maybe, maybe he plays, but also that's a bit conservative. I, man, fuck, it's also, it's all a headache. That's why I don't get paid to make these decisions. So like, it makes no sense to me. I just hope, Look, I think, I just I hope think that we have the proper, um, Lineups to me are kind of like predicting, like when you ask me, hey, Tom Cruise is going to be in the Matrix. Okay, cool. I don't give a shit if it's Tom Cruise or some other actor. I don't care about casting, right? It's the same kind of idea to me. I don't care it's who's not. the cast as long as the performance. <laughs> not at all. So you don't, don't care who's in a movie. You don't no, care who's I don't on give the a pitch. shit who's in the movie. I care about the story. I care about the... The, the performance, right? So, I, I do think that wait, it wait, is a good wait. comparison, but I think you're up? wrong on both occasions. <laughs> it absolutely matters who's no, in the me, movie. It matters who's in the game. No, it, of course. No, Andrew, 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 would you would you go absolutely. and see a movie if Mitch McConnell was in the movie? <laughs> hey man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles already came out this decade. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you know what I mean. Of course, it matters who plays. I mean, that's of course it does. But in mm. terms of like tomato, like we all support our players, right? So. Whether it's this player, or that player, they're all good footballers, or else they wouldn't be on this in this team, yeah, or this squad. But for me, it, it, it it's almost it, it's almost negligible. If and it, you just said you were gonna freak out if Shakiri started, huh? Exactly. You just said you were gonna freak out if Shakiri started. I understand like five that. Ago. I understand all that. I'm just worried that that may not be the right. I'm just catching you in inconsistency. His calf will like break in the 30th minute, oh, and then oh, we're okay, down a okay, okay, we're down a sub. You know what I mean? Not crossing wood, my guy. That's that's what I worry about. Right. Okay, so I do get what you're saying, though, where I, you're confident in all of the players. So right. to the point that whoever they put out there, you're going to you're going to 
you're gonna feel good enough. Like you're and not gonna. At the end of the day, I mean, has Klopp steered us wrong? I mean, come on now. Look where we are. This is a great time to be alive in terms of the micro bubble that is a Liverpool fandom. <laughs> like this is the like, you know, it, it's the best it is it is, you know, since you know Thanks. decades, right? So uh, we have All to right. enjoy this and we have to, you know, we're trusting Klopp, right? So trusting Klopp, yeah. Yeah, but for me, it's just like if we okay. So, for example, that Spurs game, right? In the first ten minutes, you felt a difference. You felt it. It was palpable. The energy, the the you know the drive, the anger, all that bullshit, right? It was there. You could see it, as opposed to the game before. If we feel that in the first five minutes, no matter who's on the pitch, all my anxiety goes away. I'm buying shots for everybody. I'm I'm buying shots. Maybe not for everybody, but yeah. for some people, you know, I'm buying. Like shots. We're having an event. Maybe don't. Yeah, I was going to say not? don't because people oh are going to bring this up like, to, like, hey, I rate. saw you on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. I'm buying shots, people. I'm buying shots. That's it. You All right. You shot. heard him. Come on out. Come oh, on out. That's, buying if shots. that's not incentive to get you. Okay. Can be <laughs> and, if, and, and better yet, if we dick him, I'm definitely buying shots. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, this Let's is going to turn into a multi-hundred dollar day for you. Yeah. Hey, man. And then he's going to be in goal at night. So It's going to be. It's going to be. Oh, man. Oh, but if we. What is the narrative? Sorry to change the subject a little bit, but if we dick them like 4 1, 3 0, like put them in their place, like what's the narrative then? Same old United, same old Liverpool. That's probably all it's going to be. It's not going to change anyone. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's that they're still that we're still that good and, and they're still a little off of it. The only way that this is going to be shocking is if United do a job and bust up Liverpool. That's the only way people come away with like yeah. their minds are changed now. But but the one thing that does change is like, holy shit, is it a title race this year? Because you've mm-hmm. got of course. you've got City with a game in hand. If they win it, they're like a point off. And you've got the two biggest clubs in English history at the top of the table, tied on points, separated by goal difference. You've got you know what I mean like it's all and right if, there. And if for we win, a big story. And as we were talking about off air, if we win, and then we play them what in April. It's late in the season, yeah. What a game that will be. Oh, my God. The nerves, the anxiety. I'm going to have to make like three appointments. You're already anxious about that game. (laughs) I'm already anxious about that. I'm going to have to make like double appointments that week. Shit. Okay. Well, before you need to call a cardiologist, let's wrap up on the midfield. David, uh, we didn't hear your pick for the midfield. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, assuming he does Henderson in defense, uh, I'm going to go, yeah, Genie, Tiago, and Curtis Jones. I think Shaq becomes the first sub uh, and is comes on. And when he does, you know, you go with Tiago and um, Wijnaldum and you, and you switch to a 4-2-3-1. I think he does that if the game is close. If we're ahead, though, say we're up 2-0, I think he might go Minamino and just try to run them into the ground, like just run them off the ball. You know what I mean? Like Because Minamino is good with that energy. He's got the legs. And so I, he might do that instead. Uh, if you're say around 60, 70 and we're up to nil, it's like, well, don't change it necessarily. Just get fresh legs on, yeah. but we'll see. I mean, I, I, yeah, we'll see how the players react. Cause if Curtis Jones is just killing them, you know, maybe somebody else comes off. He'll be up for it. He'll be definitely. Oh, he'll be up for you. He knows he'll what this be. game means. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we've been, you know, pretty calm, tame about it. Pretty fair to this point. Uh, United fans, if you are watching, uh, this is now time for you to uh, turn away because we're about to be really, really mean to Manchester United. So 
when we talk about fair, let's talk about what's not fair. VAR, penalties, United. Let's get into all of that talk because it has been an underlying talking point coming into this game. The fact that over the last two seasons, tracking back to August 2018, up until now, Manchester United have won 32 penalties in Premier League play, 48 in all competitions, top of the Premier League in that, and top of all of Europe in all comps. So, guys, is VAR a worry coming into this match? David? It's a worry for me going into every match because it's a disaster. So <laughs> if they get on them lines, I'm always like, oh, God. We start doing trigonometry. Then it's yeah, a little... exactly. Like the, the guy's got his etch-a-sketch. He's <laughs> watching it from the angle in the other stadium. No, I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's always a concern. It's not gone our way this year. We're down a guaranteed four points. We should be four points ahead of where we are. I'm sorry. Mo Salah's goal against Brighton and the winner against Everton. I have not seen an angle that could convince me that either of those players were offside. I'm sorry. Just, Sadio Mane's not offside. It, his elbow can't score a goal. It's not even. I don't. I'm not even convinced the elbow's offside. But let's just say it is. He can't score with it anyways. So what is the difference? He's got his back to the. It's just absurd. And I'm sorry, but we we should be on 37 points right points. now. Of course, VAR is a concern because it's just it just keeps keeps going against us and against us. It feels like like it's got a couple of things right or whatever. But mm-hmm. also in some of the cases that it's gotten right, I'm like that wouldn't have even been an issue in a pre-VAR day because it wouldn't have let the play go on. You know what I mean? Like there's all these issues where they're like, oh well, VAR got that call right, but I'm like. Yeah, but that previously, the ref would have just called it offside and that next play would have never happened in the first place. (laughs) So like, again, it's like you're creating more instances to use it by not allowing the referees to be referees. So it's always a concern. I'm like, the ref sucked, VAR sucks. The one thing I will say is what the referee on the day is, um, is it Paul Tierney, I think? And the VAR is Craig Pawson. And if you look at their recent games that uh, they've refed of ours, I mean, they were pretty decent. Like They didn't mess anything up too crazy. So um, hopefully they have a good day. I'm just really hoping the refs have a good day and don't go full. Uh, I'm just glad it's not Anthony Taylor because we know where this would be headed. <laughs> so... Uh, oh, we're sitting here talking refs, learning refs' names going into Liverpool versus that's the United. Premier League, you know. <laughs> that's the Premier League in 2020-21 with the way that VAR has gone. <clears throat> I mean, Andrew, VAR can't be good for your for your for your sanity, can it? Like this this has no, not been a fun this, couple this of seasons, is, has is, it? This is way maybe where I surprise you a little bit. So to use he a trigger it. word. I mm-hmm. might be a quote-unquote VAR defender. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So well, I, I, I'm not as like um, angry at VAR as most people. Um, that being said, and, and then it, and also what I've noticed over the last few years that conspiracy theories are trending. So to give you kind of like a... Cons- really? What would make you think that? Yeah, quote-unquote conspiracy theory would be like, look, it's arguably the biggest fixture in English football. Um. So for me, it's like one of those things where the refs got to stay out of it. You know, you got to let the boys play. And to your point, 
if you say that, you know, these reps have played, you know, you know, done a decent job, so to speak, then that's probably why, you know, that's I'm why hoping, they were selected. You'd hope. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. English is hard kids. Um, that's why they were selected. Right. And however, that being all said, um, you know, cause I, I just don't, I, I don't think it's a good look for the Premier League to have arguably the biggest fixture and the division are, uh, you know, plagued by VAR nonsense in the news, right? Um, you, you don't you don't really see that with Real Madrid. You don't see that, or you know, with El Clasico, right? So I think it's the same thing here. Where if we were to have a conspiracy theory of like, you know, they they want to like organize this from the you know puppet strings, blah blah blah. But that being all said, what it, didn't it come out this week or last week that? The ref admitted, you know, for the Merseyside Derby, they're like, yeah, we should have give, we should have sent off Pickford. They could have, yeah. You said that they could have put a red card on Pickford, exactly. even though Van Dyke was ruled to be offside. That that should not have been a deterrent to issuing a red card because even if it was offside, then you have a non-football action which tears a dude's ACL and MCL, which that could be looked at for a red card because that's, you know, as the saying goes in in American football, it's a non-football action, a non-football play. Well, very similar type thing. So yes, it could have been reviewed. But the thing is that that tells me two things or or maybe one that basically tells me that they've reviewed it. um, They've admitted their mistakes and hopefully they're going to learn from it. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing about VAR. VAR is not infallible because humans use it. We're all part of it. But hold on, though. Time out, David. I'm not done yet. Check your white privilege. Time out. (laughs) (laughs) He says to the only white guy on the (laughs) line. I know. That's right. That's what I say. Anyway. It's too funny. I love saying that now. Um, But anyway, no, because... So, yeah, it's it's maybe a naive look that I'm trying to look at. I'm trying to be optimistic. You know, like, for Mm -hmm. example... Typically, I'm very negative and pessimistic and like stressful, right? But this, I'm trying to think that maybe, maybe they're turning a new leaf or whatever the, the, the phrase is. And, you know, maybe we'll be fine. Because obviously, with any game, you want the refs to be almost anonymous. That's, that's when you know they've done their job properly, right? You know, uh, yeah. there's not so much controversy, right? So let's hope for it because at the end of the day, it's a better product if that's the thing as well. Some, sometimes we've also but seen I'm some of those games nervous. where Liverpool have gotten the crap kicked out of them. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Ref, why aren't you calling that? Yeah, yeah. So and, it just and, it's, it's all conditional. And of here's and the thing: I say all this bull- Yeah, and I say all this bullshit right now, but I'm the first guy. David wouldn't say this. We play in co- uh, in a league together. I'm the first. I'm the only person yelling at the ref when we play actual oh, football all the time. Yeah, and then I'm also that nobody takes seriously. <laughs> yeah, you're We're yelling at some paid. dude who's, who's volunteering yeah. his time. He's a volunteer. Man. <laughs> no, no, I yell at him. I'm like, dude, do you have medical insurance? Like, well, this is some bullshit. You need to get your eyes checked. I yell all the, t- all and the I'll, time. And you know, Are you trying to make yourself endearing or likable right now? Because no, listen, my point being is that I'm contradictory. You know, I say all this stuff about the rest, but then at the same time, I'm gonna be the first guy, fan on Sunday, to be yelling at all the refs and saying, hey. <laughs> I'm going to be yelling in Spanish. Why isn't that a yellow card, for example, right? So I get all that. David, please. You could have left out the part about yelling at 72-year-old dudes who are volunteering as the lines judge. Yeah, (laughs) You could have left that out. Now, I have to give you a hard time because you're saying Oliver coming out and being like, oh, you know, we could have given Van Dyke a red card. And then you're hoping that they learn their lesson. Well, did you watch the United game yesterday? No, I didn't watch it all. No, no, no. So... 
the guy uh kid makes a ta- or Luke Shaw makes a tackle, right? Is it a foul? Isn't it a foul? The ref lets it go at the time. They come back down the field. The guy from Burnley commits what is definitely a red card offense, right? He's the last man back, denies a goal scoring opportunity, gets none of the ball, just takes the player out. It's probably a red card from a neutral point of view, right? But they didn't even look at it because they spent all this time looking at whether or not Luke Shaw commits a penalty, determined that he did, which to be honest, I think that he did. But does it cancel out the fact that this player did what they did on the other end? It doesn't. It really shouldn't, but yeah. apparently it does. That's so where they're applying this. They're consistently shitty. I'll give them that. They're consistently shitty. <laughs> and that's where it's again. Yeah. Even Andrew, it's like I I support war, but the people who use war to make decisions are shit. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just crap. It's a technology which see. Why is it that only in the Premier League that we talk about war so much? Why? Yeah. I mean, why the hell are only Premier League clubs, Premier League fans are the ones talking about war so much? You don't see them talking about this in the Italian League, the Spanish League, or even the German League. It's not such a big problem there. Is it just because the referees there have better brains? I don't know. Better are education? You- like, do the British need to lower their arrogance and just like, hey, let's go to Germany and do a workshop for like a week and go learn? That's something that English supporters have been saying for a while. They need to dump the money into referee training and like fitness programs. And like, they need to do a better yeah. job training these guys to keep up with the game because the, the, the pace of the game is ridiculous. To, to be right. fair to them, if my ass went out there, I'd be dead in three seconds. So, <laughs> like, I get it. It's a hard job, but. It, they need to be better and it, it's not about var because like vj said they're not they they're not even using that correctly right that that's one thing that every fan base and just about every sport can always agree on the refs always suck because yeah, nobody but, likes the refs but wait a second are we going to have fans for this for this match or so, not no there will be no fans for the match uh, liverpool are still in yeah, lockdown so they had the 2000 oh, yeah that takes away game, but. yeah that takes away our edge of possibly getting a dubious penalty because you know typically it goes to the home team and blah 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 yeah yeah, i have yes and no yeah yes you can absolutely say that like this because they're they're less likely to have one yeah so vj uh, let's just kind of wrap up on this point when we talk about refs if you had your optimal choice going into the game whether it's every single call is called correctly throughout the course of the game var is used and all that but it, it all goes correct or this is a game where the refs just generally swallow the whistle, not that many calls, and game just keeps on moving. What would you choose for this game? I would say the game should keep on moving because, you know, every call, the, every time the ref pauses the game, because here's what I think, right? There is going to be at least two or three spells in that game. We're absolutely going to plunder United, right? In the sense that we're going to keep the ball, we're going to push them back, we'll be creating chances, and, you know, whether we take them or not is another discussion, right? But we will be creating chances. We'll absolutely pin them back to the wall. And I don't want a referee coming in between that, trying to pass the game and, you know, sort of give a break to the momentum in the game, right? Because I think it is those periods. I'm 100% sure that we're going to have those periods. And I'm also pretty sure that we're going to make those periods count for this game. So I just don't want a referee coming in and trying to be bigger than the game or trying to be all important or, you know, trying to be talked about. You know, so I don't want that for this game. In baseball, they call it the ump show. Of course, you got the referee show that you see a lot of times in the NBA. Yep. 
obviously, if if officiating plays any role in the narrative after the game, then one fan base is going to be beyond incensed. And hopefully <laughs> Liverpool aren't on the short side of it again. But, I, I was going to say, I got to go VJ because you know what, you know why that favors us so much of these two teams, which one of responds to emotional, like high emotions and tension right. better. That serves us. Cause that's when Liverpool are at their best. United haven't really necessarily shown that. I, I will say, that. though, they have taken a lot of points from losing positions this season. United have been a bit of a comeback team this year. And they do yeah. have late winners as well. So I just they're getting to the point where they're starting to – United fans, they talk and they mess. <laughs> they're starting to call it Ole time. Like, they, they really are oh. believing that they're a little bit of a team of destiny. So – I'm sure they do. The <laughs> refs are helping them believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever gets them to sleep at night, you know. What is it? It's 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 what is it? It's their I don't know, seventy-two hours of happiness or whatever. It, is. <laughs> it was one hundred and fourteen hours between the start of the game on Sunday after they went top on Tuesday. So oh, yeah, let them have those one hundred and fourteen. They, they can have one hundred and fourteen top of the league, and then yeah. after that. We've had it for a long time, so you know. Yes. <laughs> well, no, they're living their best life right now, so you know. Uh, Good for them. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy it. All right, United. All right, so as we start this, to yeah, – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I'm going to make this point. I don't think United will win the league, period. Number two – Even if, if they win something. Two, I don't think I, – I hope this doesn't happen. I pray to God it doesn't happen. If they do, it's not because they were good. Let's be honest about it. It's because they got it handed to them because all the other teams were so crap that, you know, that you have a crap manager – who doesn't know shit about tactics, just trying to throwing the dice, winning the league. That's it. I'm going to just say it. <laughs> I mean, you're not exactly wrong because unless some team has a ridiculous late season surge and ends with 89, 90 points, everyone's going to look at the season as, wow, that was really a drop off in the last few. And of course, COVID. So there's yeah. whoever wins this year, it's going to be 19 teams like, eh, they weren't all that good. Yeah. No, of course, the team that wins is going to be like, what an accomplishment. Greatest champion ever. You guys had to overcome so much. Exactly. Yeah, no, Every team is having to overcome stuff. So, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Obviously, I'm worried as hell for this particular game on Sunday. You know, um, but am I worried about United winning the league? Probably not. And the reason is, is because it's a kind of crazy season where we've all seen, you know, Everton started. Then they dropped off, and then they're somehow back in the mix for top four. Totten was a title challenger. They're, like, still almost third. Then they messed up. And in other words, you know, we've had our dip. United's had their dip. Hell, they got, you know, um, you know, eliminated from the Champions League. And this that's the craziest thing for me. And, like, one season, isn't it mental to see that a team that's played so poorly, but yet – is in, in a conversation to win a title. How the hell is that happening right now? You know, how do you how do you get dicked in the Champions League, um, get eliminated and all that stuff, but still somehow pulling out results and and also not playing particularly well, um, you know, you know, something right home about, but yet you're still in a position. And for me, what I'm basically trying to say is that the weaknesses that Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer has showed 
in the beginning of the season, it's not like they're gone all of a sudden now. It's not like when, the same you, know, when you when you saw Klopp, right? In Klopp's tenure so far, you know, there was a bit of weakness in, in, in his beginning of tenure, and you can argue that's players or whatever. And he's shown that he's evolved. And then obviously when you get Rolls Royces like like Allison, boyfriend, and uh, Van Dyke, you know, things are all of a sudden done. We 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 perf- we perfect, right? My point being is that we haven't seen that from Molly. And, and again, we, we've talked about earlier in the show about maybe some some decisions have gone their way. They have they do have some they do have they do have some world class players. You look at Fernandez, you look at Pogba, etc. Rashford is arguably up there as well. So for me, it, it it's just like I think they'll be in amongst the conversation. Will they come third? And lose the title by five points? Could it be that kind of season? Possibly. And that's what I look at. And that's what ultimately doesn't worry me down the line. Because at the moment, this could be their their moment to shine where they're, they're bringing out results. But who knows? In March, they're going to take one point from 12 or something like that. Right? So every team seems to have hit their rut. Look at City, et cetera. Tottenham, us. So United's going to get their, you know, um, their due or you know, whatever that phrase is, you know, they're, they're going to get that moment as well. They're going to so, have their moment in the sun and then fall off like everyone else. Yeah. Day. Hopefully yeah. we start that on Sunday. Um, and we, we almost up and, and we have that motivation and like, yo, this is our shit. I don't know. You, it's good that you borrowed it. You, it's like you, you sat in my seat, you made it warm for me. Thank you. Now get up. <laughs> I'm back. I went to the bathroom. I'm back now. Get the hell out of my seat. You know what I mean? I'm hope, I'm hoping this is one of those things. And, and, and and from a player perspective, like I think this is the all the motivation you need. And again, we'll know in the first ten minutes. Yeah. So Sorry, to answer, your, yeah, to answer your point, I think why United are top is has to do with more on how all the other teams are coached. For example, if you after the Leicester title, all the big teams, right, like Pochettino, all the big coaches and the big teams like Pep or Klopp and everybody, uh, the way the teams upgraded or updated themselves is all these coaches, all these international coaches, they put work in training every day. They teach automatisms to their team players, you know, like what you do in attack, how you pass, how you move and everything that's worked on the training ground that's drilled into their muscle memory day in and day out one day after the other. So, you know, so the more time you get on the training pitch, the more these attacking patterns become evident. Remember when Man City were winning the title, they almost scored the same kind of goal for most of their goals. You know, you pass someone to the fullback, they cross it back into the box and some one of their midfielders or strikers there to tap in. So even our goals, right? You get it through the fullbacks, the wingers, you know, the inverted wingers come in. All these are coached automatisms where they work on it and training every day. And because of COVID, because of how this season has been panning out, Klopp or Guardiola or any of these teams, they, they're having to adjust because they cannot coach these automatisms anymore because all they have to do between games now is recovery. There's no training. There's no time to train, put those tactics in place and you know, reiterate and you know, commit them to memory as much as they had before, right? It's all uh, you know, just, I play a game today, I play a game in three days, I play a game in three days. There's no recovery time. Whereas Ole, he doesn't know how to coach automatisms. He doesn't know how to, you know, give them intricate attacking pattern details. He's more like, you know, well, the defense will just sit back and the attacking players will just go and do whatever they want, right? 
So those kind of tactics lend themselves better to this kind, this kind of scenario. Is it going to help them in the long run? No, because obviously teaching these things to the players obviously helps them in the long run. But are we going to have a season like this again? I sure hope not. You know, the most distinct possibility is hopefully only next season if, you know, that too, if nobody gets the vaccine. So what you're seeing is Ole hasn't improved or United hasn't improved. It's just that the other teams, the way they do stuff, they had to adjust themselves for this particular season. And it's not showing the, that itself up in the results. The same thing for Mourinho. If you remember, the only reason Tottenham and Mourinho were top because his tactics work for this kind of scenario. He, lets, he just lets this player sit back, do it on the counter. And there's no coaching pattern where he's actually coaching the players where this is how you break open a defense. This is how you go through, you know, a low block. No, he doesn't do that. Yeah. yeah, just hit the ball to your forward players and make sure that they create and they do everything. Mm-hmm. Even when he won the second, uh, his third title with Chelsea, right? A lot of the tactics, if you look at it, was getting the ball to Oscar and Oscar getting the ball to Hazard and Hazard running at defenses, trying to create stuff, right? Mourinho at least has a defensive structure to build up. Solskjaer doesn't even have that. You know, he's, I'm someone who firmly believes that he's stumbling upon the results rather than, you know, creating them from his tactical noise or something. You know, I don't think he's actually, he can take credit for what's happening because he's been doing the same thing. It's just that it's working out this season because it's not working out for everybody else. And they're having to adjust on how would they normally function for these kind of games. All right, David. Are United for real? Can they win the league? I don't know. To be <laughs> honest with you, uh, it's just such a wild season, so it kind of depends on how it goes for them. I think if they drop out of the Europa League early enough, who knows? Like they really, at that point, they really only need four. That's all they'd be playing for. You know, yeah, really? that's all they'd be playing for because they're going to lose in the FA Cup next round. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I don't think so. My gut says no. I just don't think they have the qualifications for it. I don't think they have the manager for it. I don't think that uh, they're good enough. I think it would be us or City in the end. But um, is it possible? I mean, it's the COVID year. Who the hell knows what the hell? Well, who, let, I, let, let's be honest. This is the year where everyone else falls off and Aston Villa sneaks in and wins it. That's probably what's yeah, oh, Jack funny. Grealish, player of the year. <laughs> that wouldn't be funny. I, yeah, it, fuck him and his socks. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck his socks, man. Fuck him. Oh, fuck. I can talk ages about his goddamn socks. Fuck that guy. Anyway, let's go on. What what are we talking about again? <laughs> BJ had a point, and then we're gonna wrap. Andrew, you you spoke enough. <laughs> BJ, yeah, yeah. One more point. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't have a point. I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Goal prediction? You're not gonna, <laughs> so, guys, not gonna, let's. Not going so. to win. And that's it. All right. So, let's wrap on this then. Score prediction for the game. VJ, guest of honor, you go first. Uh, I think we will do 4 0. Uh, I, I would love that shit. Thumbs out, Shots for everybody. Shots for everybody and their mother. Fuck yeah. 4 0 to the home team. Yeah, still bringing it. I like. <laughs> all right, Andrew. I like the answer. So I was gonna say four zero, and we all take our shirts off at the end of the game. You know? Oh my god, yes. I love. But mask stay sure. on. Mask stay on. Shirts off. Mask please. on. Shirts off. Yeah. yeah make sure to put on deodorant and like cologne. And all that stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna like double it. I'm gonna put on like Calvin Klein and some. Oh, 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 oh. I have. Anyway, 
Okay, so you're not going to like this. Uh, it's either going to be nil-nil or it's going to be 2-0 Liverpool. Those are my two predictions. Take it or leave it. So like like an in-between prediction is 1-1? One, one. Yeah, because I don't have <laughs> I don't have the confidence and my anxiety. Like, it's just, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I'm never, no, I just, nah, I can't do it. So it's either nil no, positive no. vibes into the universe. You got to send out positive vibes. Maybe, David, maybe give Friday. us a real prediction. Uh, I think it's, my gut says either it's going to be a tight one, 3-2, or we absolutely batter them. And if we batter them, I think it's going to be even worse than VJ says. It'll be 5 nil or 5-1 or 6-1 or something like that. Like, it'll be a is that? Oh, if they day. get a red card like they did against Spurs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it'll be you like, don't need a red if we batter them, batter it'll them be horrible. Yeah. But I don't think we will. I do think it'll be a competitive game. I think it's going to be a butt clincher. It's going to be 3-2 to the Reds. VAR does not cancel out this winter, this winter or this winter. Oh I mean, God, you know, I don't know what is VAR oh capable of ruining next. You know, maybe the seasons that. of the year. <laughs> but no, as, uh, I think it'll be tight, and I think we win three two. How about you, Darius? Three one United penalty. Bruno Fernandez, eighty fifth minute to get their one. Oh, see, I think it'll come first, and then the Reds just blow them off. Oh, the mark that's probably oh. more accurate. But three <laughs> one, and there's definitely going to be a penalty, and it's definitely going to be converted by Bruno Fernandez because that's what he does. and that stupid annoying run up that he does. He's oh. good at football, though. It's not just penalty merchant, but he does make a lot of his goals through penalties, guys. Just yeah. Saying. All right. So as we wrap up, I'm Darius. I'm Dave. I'm Andrew. I'm VJ. I beat you. Knew it was going to happen. <laughs> Up the Reds. Hey, shout out to Marcus Rashford. Love what you're doing off the pitch, on the pitch. Hope you cry on Sunday. Hope you lose, but glad <laughs> that was the game. Hey, yeah. keep doing yeah. the good work, Marcus. Keep it up, bro.